All right. Ready? Let's do this. Happy birthday! Let's start my birthday. It's our birthday. It is. Yeah, it's episode 27. Yeah, look it's at exactly that. exactly one year. It's all, I think it is exactly one year to the oh, day. Man. I think I remember... No. It can't be. If we were releasing, yeah, if we were releasing on Friday, it would have been exactly the other day, but we're releasing two days later now. We've okay. slowly moved our days back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Give ourselves the weekend to record and edit. Oops. Oopsie, oh, fuck. Yep. Yeah, we've been doing this for a year, and I still don't know how to not hit the mic. Oh, yep. <laughs> that just goes to show our level of professionalism here. <laughs> professionalism. <laughs> uh, welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Yep. Do those things. I mean, we've been telling you this for a year. You should have the routine you should have, down. You should have this down. You I should mean, have this down as well as we have this down. That's, that's no, not you should have fair. this down more than better we should than have we this do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like literally scratching my head like, uh, so, eh, maybe not. Oh, man. Oh, Matt, what you been up to? Well... So, per the recommendation of one of our mutual friends, I actually got around to starting the series of unfortunate events on Netflix. Who's mutual friend? Gabriella. Ah, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She brought it up, and I was like, oh, I should probably start this, because, well, the first season came out, like, a year ago, January. Oh, there's a new season out. There's a new season out. And oh. so I never, like, I never even started it. Like, it came out, and I was like, ooh, I should probably watch that at some point, because I really liked the books when I was a kid. Um, I heard it was made for kids, the show. It is kind of like I'd heard that too. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to invest the time, but she recommended it. And so I gave it a chance and it's, it's really good. Okay. I'll give it a um, shot sometime. It is definitely aimed at a younger audience, but there's plenty of jokes that make sense for the adults and the story is fun. Um, It's, it's like Wes Anderson on whatever drugs Wes Anderson is on all the time. <laughs> it's it, it it's Wes Anderson, but like over the top. Like who directed it? Um, I'm not actually sure who the it's creator like Wes is. Anderson. <laughs> it's not, but it's very much his style with like centering things in the frame and sort of oh, okay. bright colors and pastel colors and like when he goes out when they go out to like a wide shot it's just it's very obviously toys or like little miniatures gotcha okay like they're they are flaunting the limitations of the budget here <laughs> um, nice the the humor is really good they take it, it's really true to the spirit of the originals where it's like dark humor for 10 year olds where it just kind of comes across as quirky to cynical world weary people like us yeah but there's some there's some really good jokes that are lifted straight from the books, and there's some really good improvements. Like, man, being broke sucks, and kids are like, ha ha ha, and college students are like, fuck. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> makes us cry a little uh, bit. Yeah, so I'm, I'm six episodes into that, because the way, the way they do it is um, they condense a book into two episodes, so it's like basically a movie for Jeez. a book. That is, oh, wait, how long are the episodes? The episodes are 45 to an hour. That's still a lot of stuff to cram into one episode yeah no but they they've done a good job with it they okay. tell the story they they introduce like they actually have a guy playing lemony snicket who narrates and he's like sort of it's in the, the scenes but it's fourth wall breaking it's the guy who's got like the deep voice isn't it he does have a deep voice uh is it he played in everyone loves raymond i wouldn't know i think i'm gonna fact check that while you continue to tell me about it okay unless you have nothing um, else to say i 
pretty much run out except that i didn't know much about this going in i'd seen like the first trailer for the first season okay and i mean i'd read the books Mm. uh but also i never actually like i think i read the first book okay but i wasn't totally into it just because i mean my attention span is ridiculous i i cannot read a read actual books uh Mm -hmm. i've tried on multiple occasions i think the furthest i've ever gotten in a series was a series called uh ranger's apprentice Oh, yeah, which part I of it. think I've mentioned it on the podcast. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, it's this kid who's learning how to be essentially Aragorn. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, it was, it's really cool. It's cool character development. It's cool fantasy stuff. And I got, I think about six books in, I have all eight books mm-hmm. or I have up to, up to the eighth book, but like it drives me nuts. I'm almost like, adamant not to read them again because i have paperback books until the last two books which are hardback oh and i hate that oh that's annoying which is why i'm like purely paperback with with comics mm-hmm. um anyway yeah. so continue so anyway. yeah i can't i never never get it written into it I, I watched the movie with jim carrey in it it's not a great movie i was a child i watched yeah. it in the theaters when it came out so yeah. I, it was fine for me it was fine for it me was too terrifying it, I, but... I will never forget the the ant falling into the water and then her dress coming to the top of the mm-hmm. water that's the that's the most clear thing i remember about that entire thing yeah but yeah it's um where the movie didn't know where to stray from the book and where to stick to it mm-hmm. um this one is very true to the the originals both in the story yes pretty that, much that is the guy the guy who, okay. who does the voice he does uh it, it's not the guy from everyone loves raymond i think uh, but he's the guy who played Kronk in Empire's New Groove. Oh. Yeah, he's got the deep voice. He okay. did, uh, I think he did, he didn't do Joe and Family Guy. It was a different guy. Different deep voiced guy. Okay. But, but yeah, no, he's he's good. Oh, he yes, just... he did. He oh, did Joe okay. Swanson. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. And he must be the guy from Everyone Loves Raymond. Okay, then, yeah. That's the same guy. So he just, he just comes in and he'll be like standing there in a scene or the... The, they'll be like walking along a beach or something and the camera will stop and he'll be like in an old-fashioned lifeguard uniform sitting up in the lifeguard tower or something uh-huh. and then he'll do a little like bit of narration or something and it's yeah. it's a great way of including narration in a what was like a, a, a series of books that was kind of driven by that narrative voice mm-hmm. with sort of the the dry humor and the um the little asides where he explains what words mean and stuff. It was not the same guy. I'm sorry. Okay. I lied to you. Never mind. <laughs> you liar. I'm a liar. <laughs> but yeah, it's the guy who did like Kronk and Okay. Just yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Um, and it's fun cause I don't know who's going to be in it in terms of actors. So like all these great actors keep turning up and I'm like, Oh, I had no idea they were in this. Okay. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll give it a no, shot. It's, then. it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's quirky. It's charming. Um, you just have to accept that it's going to be kind of aimed at kids but i also love neil patrick harris yeah no he's he's fantastic (laughs) and i mean it's it's aimed at kids in the way that same way that like the batman the animated series is aimed at kids okay like it it can still be fully enjoyable yeah for an adult and like i mean a lot of like superhero shows are enjoyable like stuff like young justice is aimed at kids but it definitely satisfies our age Mm -hmm. um that's i mean that's why people our age are the ones petitioning to have it continue yeah (laughs) Yep. Luckily, it is continuing. Yay! Hooray! They're well, almost they're almost an animated. They're almost done with it. They're gonna release well, it like at the end of this year, I think. Well, I'm well, so well. excited. Very exciting. So yeah. Yeah. So check that out. I'll do that. Yep. There's also the three movies that I didn't get to mention last week because I had so much what you've been up to. Yeah. So I'll hit them real quick. Have you ever finished watching a movie and then 
Nope, never. Okay, I've never again the attention span. I get thing. about like, yeah, I, I get about two acts in, and then I'm just like, ah, <laughs> that looks satisfying enough. The guy loses. Let's go, and then I leave. <laughs> All <No>. right. <laughs> so no, but have you ever gotten to the end of a movie and then just like sat there Ex stunned all the way through the entire credits ex machina okay i was literally like i mean we on a facebook group that we're part of that was a post and yep. like we've seen it and i saw your posts about that but that definitely happened to me during x or at ex machina i was just like holy fuck okay <laughs> yeah because i had that happen to me uh with one of these movies a couple weeks ago and that was um the killing of a sacred deer i remember you telling me about that yeah which I was I was really excited about when it came out because it's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who directed The Lobster. Yorgo where? <laughs> <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos. You go said. slay the moose? <laughs> Are we going to go slay a moose? Let's do it. Yorgo, get out of here. Okay, bye. This. All right, he's I gone. I just body slammed my mic to make it sound like I was getting up to leave. <laughs> instead of actually, because oh, I'm boy. squeezed in this corner, instead yeah. of actually like kind of doing the effort to get around, I just kind of like leaned my body forward yep. to run yep. into the mic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't start the timer. That explains it. Fucking hell. How long do you think we've been going? I don't know. 10 minutes? 10 minutes? Okay. Give or take. I'll add 10 minutes to the yeah. stopwatch. But, um... But yeah, so that this was this was a movie. The Killing of Sacred Deer was a movie for me. Or I was excited for it when it came out, and then I I don't think it was ever in any of the theaters around here. It was kind of limited release. There was a trailer, yeah, for it in one of the movies, but I don't think we ever saw it in yeah in the theaters. And so I just it came to Prime like the, a couple of weeks ago, and so I was like, okay, well oh, now shit. I'll finally watch I it. Go see that. Yeah, and so I actually sat down and watched it, and it was fantastic, and it's really disturbing and creepy. Is it like it? Okay, so there's always different a different kind of like disturbing and creepy. There's stuff right. like uh, a reflection on humankind, kind of disturbing and creepy. Like you're like, oh fuck, this is humanity. This is no bueno. Sir. Not really, because the way the way Lanthimos does his his movies is his people, his characters don't feel like real people in the slightest. Okay, the dialogue is incredibly stilted. And it's it, like it's very deliberate, yeah. The way he does it, but the people just seem very robotic. What if he didn't do it deliberately? He's just a shit writer, <laughs> and everyone like was like, "This is art." It's like if Jackson Pollock wasn't actually like as good as he yeah. is. He just like some idiot just splatting paint to like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna pay two billion dollars for this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it, it, it's very crafted because it gives everything this this awkwardness that makes it. F- feel almost comedic even though there's no like That's actual literally jokes. my life dude <laughs> i'm literally just an embodiment of awkwardness that is amusing and sometimes yeah like and it's sometimes? not it's not it's not amusing per se there's like there's no jokes there's no laughing there's barely any smiling but you're still describing my life dude oh yeah yeah, yeah it's awkward but amusing but no one's laughing because it's a train wreck <laughs> so it's basically about this kid and um he's an engineering student but he reads comic books a lot and go- he does a podcast with his stupid fuck friend. off <laughs> <laughs> it took it took until like the end of it for me to be like oh you motherfucker <laughs> no so it's about um uh, well, i was gonna try to stop cursing as much in this on the series on our podcast <laughs> ah <laughs> so it's about um it stars uh colin farrell as a surgeon um he's married to nicole kidman um they have a couple of kids one's 14 or so the other's like 10 and he he takes a, a boy under his wing who's interested in 
heart surgery. And if I say much more about it, it'll kind of spoil the central premise. Okay, then um, fuck off with your next words. Yep, so I won't I won't <laughs> say anything more about it other than to say that it's really creepy and half the people that watch it will really hate it because his style is very off-putting. This is the second week in a row, Dad. He <laughs> <laughs> did this last episode, too. And of course, he totally, he's super good about just being silent. Oh yeah, but, but then we make me. it awkward, so I have to edit it's it out. It's me that makes it the worst. Yep. <laughs> Wait, you edit it out? Sometimes. Damn it! If it does, if it ruins the flow, then I'll edit it out. If it doesn't, I mean, I ruin the flow. Well, yeah. You have your you you talk about intelligent things, and I make bullshit jokes about everything. <laughs> That's all I've been doing for this entire watch I've been up to is just making stupid uh, jokes about everything you say. Yep, pretty much. Okay. Well, I got two more movies for you to for you to make stupid comments on. I will not. Oh. <laughs> okay. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Okay, don't say anything stupid. I'm really excited about these, and I want to talk about them intelligently. Too late. We've already, we've already told me to do it. Okay. Um, so another one I saw was 30 Days of Night. It's a long night. Well, it's like, so it's set in uh, whatever the town's name is, up in Alaska, like the northernmost town in the Have U.S. In Missouri? No. Oh. No, that's in Missouri. Yeah, it's so it's it's this town it's the town up in Alaska where like so the the sun goes below the horizon in the middle of the winter like and, Anchorage or just some other? no like so far north oh like that, that it it's, doesn't it's have a town actually name. it's actually thirty days I think it's Barrow might be the name okay something but <laughs> at some point so like in the middle of the winter like you know when you're that close to the pole it actually just, yeah the sun doesn't rise for an entire month you kind of like see it it no it hits a point where it's just outright night for, oh okay for. 30 days great premise for an army of vampires to come in and take over the town no sunlight mess up their plans so basically that's what happens oh it's like i thought you were just making a joke that's actually yeah that's actually that's actually the movie it's like it's like 20 minutes of creepy setup and then um like 20 minutes of vampires slaughtering people and then like 45 minutes of people like sort of holding up and trying to survive and hide from the vampires and then climax and it's it's very simple but it's it's well done um it it does a really good job of escalating the gore throughout which i think helps raise the tension okay so like early on some vampires will attack some people and you'll see some blood splatter and it'll be like r-rated violence but not over the top yeah and then as it goes it just sort of builds on how gory and bloody it gets Mm -hmm. and it's it was made by someone who knows what the fun sort of gore is okay like um there's like a processing plant of something with like some mashy gears mm-hmm. and um the, you see those early on and there's like a deliberate lingering shot on it and you're like someone's going through those oh yeah and then someone does yeah um there's a a guy who drives a trencher which is like a, a just a truck with this giant chainsaw in the front for mm-hmm. digging trenches yeah. And at one point, a vampire, like, falls on that, like, crotch first and just gets split in half. <laughs> Delightful. It's it's great. It's um, it's it, it's over the top, but never to be disgusting. It's uh-huh. just to be fun. Gotcha. But it does manage to be tense and scary, and the, the acting's really good. Uh, the human acting is mostly just okay. The vampire acting is really good. It's um, The vampires are led by... Uh, Taika Waititi. No, but that would Damn be even it. better. <laughs> no, it's it's led by the guy who played um, what's his face in Wonder Woman, the general, the Ludendorff. Uh, oh, I don't fucking know his name, man. Danny Houston is that it? Sure, let's Probably. go with it. But he's really good. Okay, 
Um, so yeah, that one's that one's a lot of fun. Um, then the other movie I saw, which if you thought Thirty Days of Night was like simple setup and then go, Free Fire is basically fifteen minutes of okay, we're gonna do an arms deal, and then the rest of the movie, the last like hour and fifteen minutes, is just people shooting at each other. Oh god, in a warehouse, and it's great. Nice. It's so much fun. I have no idea how to go is. watch that one tonight. Yeah, it's got like uh, I like mindless violence. It, it's it's great mindless violence, and it's really fun. And um, it's got Brie Larson and Army Hammer and uh, Killian Murphy, and hmm. um, it's just it, it's amazing to me that a movie could be this good when it's basically people start shooting each other, and then everyone gets shot in the leg at some point, and so they're all just kind of crawling around <laughs> shooting at each other in the dust. <laughs> And nice it's it, it, yeah the entire movie is limited just to this warehouse with the exception of like the very first scene they're driving to it uh-huh. and it's it's great it's fun okay so, yep that's what i've been up to what have you been up to uh i've been watching all of the movies that we're going to talk about this week okay and aside from that in my quest to have all dc comic collected collected editions always and my current one my current chunk of it to get all things past post 20, 2011 mm-hmm. I am in a spot, I'm in the family cult that is kind of known as The Edge, which mm-hmm. is things like Deathstroke, All-Star Western, kind of like the uh, GI combat, kind of the weird ones, like okay. the war-centered ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so these ones are going to be a little less satisfying because they're not widely known ones, with mm-hmm. the exception of Deathstroke and All-Star Western. Um, but I just read half of... Uh, uh, Blackhawks, which was a group, the Black Lady Blackhawk led or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about them because they're super ridiculously minor. Mm-hmm. There's like a wartime comics. Okay. And it was just not entertaining. It was okay. Actually, it's kind of funny because so it's a secret government agency, mm-hmm. as you do. And all of the agents are special agents with different nicknames, as they would. Naturally. And they're facing this other government and they face uh and they're concerned with exposure mm-hmm. as you would be naturally um and they find out as far as i got because it's just the character building was poor i wasn't attached to any of them they were just like mindless people and they they're not they're nobody um mm-hmm. i uh i got to the point where you found out there was like an an explosion at a at a prison or something, and they're like, "Oh, it's like a nuclear. It looks like a nuclear explosion, but there's no radiation." And they're like, "Oh, this is what it was. They have a satellite that drops tungsten rods. Does that sound familiar?" No. GI Joe, the movie. Okay, I watched it, but I don't remember a thing about it. It was the villain had a satellite that dropped tungsten rods. Okay, when you're ripping off GI Joe the movie. And mind, th- mind you, this did come two years after G.I. Joe released. So there was plenty of time for G.I. Joe to settle and everyone to go, that was a bad movie, and then still take an F- a-, a point of it and put it in the in the book. Wow. It's not a, like, <laughs> it's, I, it's not cripplingly bad. Like mm-hmm. like Static Shock was mm-hmm. like with that one I just I just like flipped through the last pages to kind of understand it but this one was just boring enough and I wasn't invested and I okay. didn't 
I didn't know the characters. I knew Static Shock previously. I didn't know any of these characters. I just put the book down and started reading Deathstroke. So I'll tell you next week how that is because okay. I have one volume or one issue in. All right. So far, good. it's good. He just brutally murders people with his. That's, that sounds delightful. It's awesome. It's Deathstroke. I mean, what else do you get from what Deathstroke? Else do I want? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and Lady Shiva and Bronze Tiger have shown up. So okay. three people that brutally murder people are together or actually against each other. So it's. Time for some brutal murders. Time for, time for some brutal murders. Okay. Otherwise, I just watched the movies that we're going to talk about today. All right, good. So, so we'll, we'll get to those in a bit. Let's do it. Well, news first. Oh, fuck. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's, what's, go, what's been going on? Uh, we got a new Ocean's 8 trailer. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. I am still certain that my theory is correct. Yep. Really looks like it. Um, Because we still, like, we don't have an eighth person. Yeah. There's literally be. no eighth person cast. Yeah. It's going to be in Hathaway. <laughs> Or what if it's James Corden and everyone flips their shits because, like, you made a female group, but you put a dude in it because you don't think females can do it. That would... That that wouldn't end well. That would not um, end well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, it's gonna it's probably going to be good. Oh, Let's... I'm so excited for it. Yep. Like, it looks good. Looks good. Uh, looks I love fun. every single actress in it. Yep. Um, well, I mean, I don't know what Rihanna's, like, acting. I haven't seen Battleship. She was in... Uh... Valerian, which I actually I did watch this week, but I'll talk about that in a, later. Okay. Um, she's fine. But, I mean, everyone else, like, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett's Helen, great. Helen Bonacotter. Great. Uh, Sarah Bo- uh, Sa- Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Great. <laughs> I got it there eventually. <laughs> Anne Hathaway, great. Oh, God. All of them are amazing. So, yep. I'm really excited for this. So. Yep, yep. Should be good. I always love a good heist. Yeah. Good heist. And this is from the, the master of the heists himself. What? Steven Soderbergh. Oh, is he the one that made Ocean's Eleven? He's doing this one, right? Yeah. Well, I, I assume so. Maybe I don't know. I'm gonna. You should double I need to double check this. I feel like I feel like they would very much suffer if they didn't get the guy behind the yeah you'd, behind them. You'd think. Um. No, it's, it's not him. Oh shit. Well. Okay. Never mind. I'm I'm no longer excited about this. So I I mean I'm still That's, excited. I'm kidding. I'm still excited. I like a good heist. I like all these people. Um. I don't know when this actually was announced, but uh. Chris Evans said he was done after Avengers four. Mm-hmm. So either he dies in infinity war and it's a flashback kind of thing in, in Avengers four mm-hmm. or he just retires after Avengers four or he dies in Avengers four. That'd be awesome. If no one dies in infinity war and everyone's like, Oh, they're not going to take anything seriously. And then they fucking wipe out half the cast in Avengers, <laughs> Avengers four. That would be amazing. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Cause they're just like, Oh look, it's the big one. Okay. You might not go see the next one where we kill everyone important yeah <laughs> i i'm sure they're not gonna do that because there's they've been talking this one up as you should be afraid of going to see this movie because yeah. chris evans is actually die. nomad yeah they came out and officially said that yeah. that's good that makes sense it's good i have, really have no idea like or attachment to that but i don't i, don't I mean know, i don't even know who from nomad what is. i've heard from marvel fans that's that's good they've needed that because that's what happens when he's not Captain America. Well, yeah yeah that's his job okay um uh we got a new incredibles 2 trailer yes we did it's pretty much all the same stuff except... pretty much except the last 10 seconds oh yes yeah yeah frozone being oh wait we well we get like we get like the 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 actual villain we got to see oh shit did i miss that Screenslaver. no did i didn't see, see that? that i think i got some weird chopped off version oh man 
Yeah, you missed it because like I, I watched this trailer and it's like I have no more on board for this until the last ten seconds, and then they actually like what the showed the villain, boss? and it's like okay, I think they're maybe holding the cards very close to their chest with this marketing. I think they might be willing to do something very different. What the balls? That's not it. So I am now more excited. Uh, is and it, is it the second or third trailer? Uh, I think it's just the second. Well, this one says the third trailer from film maybe. film select. Um. Oh, I had, I did see that. I think I, I think it just went straight over my head though. Okay, yeah, because I saw that and I was like, okay, they they have something else that they're holding on to for this yeah. movie. I do. I am concerned. I don't know. There's a there's a little clip of it where Violet is putting a force field around the whole family, but they're all wearing the red Incredibles uniform. So I don't know if that's in the battle with Underminer in the mm-hmm. beginning, or it's going to be the same thing where she's off doing her own thing like Bob was in one. And then the whole family comes and helps her out. Yeah. But I don't think that I, I think it's more of the former just because she's wearing the red uniform. I feel like right. when they do it, when, and if they do come help her out, she'll still be wearing her Elastigirl costume. Yeah. So, or I hope they don't help her out. I hope they've got their own thing and she can handle her own shit. Yeah. Because be nice. she's goddamn Elastigirl. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm still going to, I'm still going to go watch it. I am. No less or more stoked than I was before. I was yeah. totally stoked for this from day one. So I'm I'm still not convinced it's going to be great, but um, I mean it's probably not because it's really hard to get. I mean we've had like Mo or uh, uh, like Mulan two and Cinderella two, Cars two, Cars two, Toy Story two is good. Toy Story two is good. It's just its own little thing. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Up finding, two finding... down. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder yeah. what up to would be like what if it's like to? Russell as <laughs> actually twitching there. I don't know if you saw it. That's a solid silence right there. Yeah, I might just leave that whole one. And usually I trim down our awkward silences, but I might leave that one. <laughs> yeah, audience doesn't know how many awkward silences we actually have. Yep. No, I bet. I bet up two would just be Russell taking care of what's his See, name Carl as I he w- descends into Alzheimer's. <laughs> I feel like he's already there. I would. I would love it if they did like it was like. 40 years in the future where Russell was like an old cranky man uh-huh. and it was like a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout that like came and did the same exact fucking thing. It was just the same story but with Russell. <laughs> and a tiny bit of sci-fi stuff. And Kevin! It's set 40 in the- yeah. Where's Kevin? What happened to Kevin at the end? I think Kevin just went back to live with the bird people or whatever. Okay. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie since I was about 12. Yeah, me either. Not an indictment of that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I've it's seen it two or three times and I haven't seen it since I have, I'm 12 I, and I probably won't. I know the I story kids. and yeah. Yeah. Wow, we're taking the fucking, taking our fucking time on this yeah. episode. Should we get to the actual thing? We should get to the actual All thing. Right, I don't think there's the really any other thing. news that happened. Nah, today. It's, it's been a slow week. Yeah. All right. So a couple months ago we did an episode on the eventual fall and death of the superhero genre as death sort of, of death of the superman i mean that we already did that don't do that in the movies I mean, we already did no yeah, well, they, they tried it's a bad it didn't work <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway yeah so we talked about um how superhero movies would not forever be the the predominant movie genre mm-hmm. like they have been for the past 20 years mm-hmm um, and so we theorized that 
the... You theorized and I agreed. Okay, I fine. I, I didn't <laughs> want to take all the credit, but... <laughs> but I, I theorized that um, we would be seeing, like, more sci-fi, more high-budget... Um, and low-budget, too, as I've come to realize. But just sci-fi would come to... Original sci-fi, especially, would come to dominate. Um, sort of in that same position. And I wanted to kind of clarify... We don't mean sci-fi like Star Wars, because that's always been popular. That's Yeah, there has always been sci-fi but i i kind of put that more in fantasy yeah we're, a lot of we're talking do. about sci-fi with a very limited amount of fantasy like mm-hmm. it's actual science fiction like right. it's there's a science to it it's more close to home like us going to a different planet which was what most of these are about yeah and i mean we'll get into i'll, I'll mention some of the more out there stuff yeah that i want to talk about but this is yeah this is we'll avoid star wars for this yeah mostly and star wars star trek all those yeah like but yeah so we had um after we did that episode i was just inundated with requests to go more into this rise of sci-fi meaning my brother called me up and said hey that was pretty interesting you should talk about it more <laughs> thanks mark <laughs> thanks mark shout out we're talking See, about it we do the episodes you tell us you want us to do exactly don't worry sean we're gonna get to yours too soon yep it's on the list on it. it's on the was list. It like two days two weeks something like that something soon yeah it's coming right up we're doing it but yeah um <laughs> so i was talking to our two av- avid listeners <laughs> well there's kyle too oh yeah and kyle yeah <laughs> suggest something kyle. kyle get with the game god what a fool. uh so <laughs> yeah so we, i well I've, hmm. you were really struggling with this, this man <laughs> <laughs> so i mean we've said this but we've we have always had sci-fi movies yeah like i went on imdb and i looked i looked like through sci-fi movies and i went back and sorted by year and then like did like the reverse like twilight zone was sci-fi pretty much and that's like downright re- like you look at some of the classic movies like metropolis and frankenstein from uh-huh. those are like late 20s early 30s i mean science fiction existed in books well yeah like i mean some atheists might even argue that the bible is science fiction <laughs> If you want to, I was going to go with Jules Verne, waters, but I want to tread some dangerous waters, not light waters. I don't know why I said light waters. Uh, tread lightly. That's why I said it. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we've had like Jules Verne uh-huh. has been writing sci-fi, well, wrote sci-fi long, long time ago, but yeah, it's, it's always been part of the movies and, but it's never really been like the predominant genre. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of that is that sci-fi a lot of the time has to rely on visuals because it's it's showing this futuristic crazy world and so um it's always been limited somewhat by the visual technology and the the visual imagery you can put on screen mm-hmm. of the day and like so you go back and you look at stuff like alien um and that's a great classic sci-fi movie and the creature design is great but the actual like sci-fi imagery itself like you look at the ship and stuff and mm-hmm. it's it doesn't look fantastic yeah and once visual technology did get to the point where we could have great sci-fi movies, like great looking sci-fi movies. So there was say this, early two thousands, there was this, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The, Go ahead. Uh, there was this kind of, and I want to use the, the phrase uncanny Valley in a different sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Before this kind of air, this one era I'm kind of thinking of, they used a lot of practical effects because that's all they really had. They didn't have right. any computer stuff. Yeah. So things like star Wars use practical effects. Yeah. But then there was kind of the era of like, maybe late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, where they did have computer effects, but they were really bad. So you get like Star Trek 
showing the sp- the ship fly through space, mm-hmm. and it was really computerized. Yeah. So it almost became less yeah. visually appealing. Yeah. The the example I was going to use was the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. They tried to capitalize on this new CGI, revolutionary yeah. technology, and it became weirder. Yeah. And it and the, then it actually went into the, the uncanny valley. Yep. <laughs> uh, for those people who don't know what the uncanny valley, I explained this to Gage yesterday. People who don't know who the uncanny valley is, is there's this graph. If you look at a graph, on the x is uh, on the x axis, like the bottom axis, is your closeness to realism. So mm-hmm. uh, as far to the right as you can get is straight up human. Right. It's a human person. And on the left, and on the left like, is straight up animation, like a two D animation, like a stick like, figure. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and on the y-axis going from the top up is how much you believe it uh, mm-hmm. or how how comfortable you are with the situation. So starting with a stick figure or with animation, like 2D animation, you believe it. Uh, it's it's at a peak. It's it's up there because you know it's not real. Right. And then at the far right, when it's an actual person, you believe it because it's an actual person. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where you get something like Anita Battle Angel where mm-hmm. it's just kind of – it's a person, but there's something weird. Yep. That it's it it's it's this point like kind of right in the middle where you don't believe it and it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, it's that's it's, what the uncanny valley it's is. It's close enough to being human to trick your brain into thinking it should be human. And but so the fact that it's actually not feels it, really uncomfortable. There's something in your brain, yeah. yeah. That, so and that's that's actually something I was concerned about with Deus Ex. Or uh <laughs> Ex Machina, mm-hmm. <laughs> Deus Ex Machina, and I got the game Deus Ex and the movie Ex Machina put them together. Um, with Ex Machina, I was concerned about that because it's a robot with a human face. Right, but they actually just took the human's face. They actually face. made the human's face, yeah. yeah. And so then I was like, did the okay. effects around her, yeah. which that movie won, I think, won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects. Good. Which <laughs> is interesting because it's not a visual effects heavy movie. No, it's but, not. Yeah, so, like, so back to my point, though. I do want to come back to that, though. I want to bring that up. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so visual effects finally got good enough kind of the early 2000s to make sort of these um, spectacular visual sci-fi movies. But I think that in order for a genre to predominate, it does it, it needs more than just the technology to catch up because superhero movies also came to predominate at that same time uh-huh. because they could also rely on the visual technology. And yeah. so my theory is that it's the, the predominant genre also reacts to cultural stimuli. So I think the superhero genre um, kind of came out of sort of post 9-11. The world is very scary. We need sort of these mythologized heroes to look up to. Okay, yeah. Um, and so sci-fi didn't really have a role in that. Mm-hmm. But as the memory of that has faded, as we've moved into the future, um, moved past that, I think we've hit a point where now our fears are more centered around technology. You're looking at, I mean, right now with the Facebook, the data gathering going mm-hmm. on, um, AI is starting to become a mainstream issue that's actually discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're thinking about space travel. We're thinking about large-scale technological solutions to environmental problems. Yep. Technology and science is, again, returning to the forefront of the cultural thought, the cultural imagination. And so I think our movies are starting to re- move to reflect that. Yeah. And I think that's something we'll see more of. I th- and I think that's – yeah, I think you're exactly right on that, that the – the movies will always, ref- I mean, uh, anything kind of like anything popular reflects the current, yeah. like everything. Yeah. Um, like the most popular bands in the seventies sang about peace because everyone was like, Oh shit, I'm sick of the Vietnam war. Yeah. Vietnam mom. <laughs> if your mom came from Vietnam, you're, it's your Vietnam mom. <laughs> yeah. Or like going back to movies, Westerns in the seventies, it's all about like 
outlaws and living on the fringes of society mm-hmm. it's it's upsetting sort of this established order um moving away from the the cultural norms that had predominated before that yeah yeah so I, I i think that was that was my broad point that i sort of started with on that um or i mentioned on that episode about superheroes is, mm-hmm. um that and so i guess we're just going to explore that more yeah you've got your plans on how to explore it i've got some ideas yes okay cool so get me going i can go <laughs> <laughs> all right so when i when i started planning for this episode um i wanted to see if there was like a particular type of sci-fi movie that seemed like it was becoming more popular nowadays mm-hmm. And so I created this this model for categorizing sci-fi movies. And so there's there's basically two axes on that. And one is sort of the level of science or the level of fantasy and mm-hmm. the, the realism, I guess. And so on the far right-hand side of that axis, um, at the super, super out there axis, you have stuff like Star Trek, where there's aliens and time travel and faster than light spaceships. And it's it's it is clearly science fiction but it's also very out there it's not plausible for the near future yeah but then you also have like on the far left hand side of that axis where it's very realistic you have stuff like the martian or mute where it's basically a new near future that's not at Mm -hmm. all implausible and ex machina ex machina yeah is set in a world where everything's fine and this dude just has ai yeah this is that's a a great example it's just like because that's I watched actual... Ex Machina last night. So He's it's very more excited fresh about Ex Machina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that's that's one axis um, is sort of this this real to to out there sciency, and then the other axis is whether the story is it's either very focused on like story and characters, or whether it's more interested in exploring ideas. And so someone like Christopher Nolan, for example, a lot of his stuff is much more ideas focused. He's mm-hmm. much better at stuff like that. So Inception. There's some great character moments in that, but it's mostly about sort of exploring this this dream world thing. Memento. Um, Memento. Again, it's not really sci-fi, but it's more yeah. about exploring the idea. Well, Prestige. Yeah, again, it's more about exploring the ideas. Yeah. And then you have, I don't know, go back to The Martian. It's again, it's it it is it uses his his exploitation of science, but then also it's it's about this character and it's it's much more what he does and how everyone reacts to a thing happening yeah it's it's much more about the people in the story yeah and so i I was looking at this and then i was trying to go back through and look at a bunch of sci-fi movies from recent years and place them and see if there'd been any trends there's a lot of sci-fi movies in every quadrant of that graph gotcha and i can't find any measurable shifts i think my theory again is that partly this is visual effects have gotten good enough to make really convincing out there stuff, Mm -hmm. which is why I think we've seen serious revitalizations of the Terminator, Alien, Star Wars, Star Trek, all of those franchises in the past 10 years. Because the Star Wars prequels tried to do that. They tried to exploit that visuals technology in the early aughts, Mm -hmm. and it didn't really work. But Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But since 2009 or so, We've had the Star Trek reboots. We have the new Star Wars trilogy and all the spinoffs and everything associated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Prometheus and Alien Covenant. And uh, we've had a Blade Runner sequel 30 years later. We've had, I guess, I don't know when Salvation was, but we've had a couple of new Terminator movies. Mm-hmm. And we're getting another one. Janice Weiss. Yep. <laughs> and I think that is especially Transformers. Who could forget Transformers? 
Everyone can forget like Transformers. To. Let's all please forget Transformers. <laughs> Transformers 1 was fine. <laughs> Transformers 1 was fine. Let's forget the rest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about the rest? There's only the exactly. one. Exactly. Yep. Yep. But uh, so I think that is just taking all these ideas that are out there and saying, okay, well, we can apply this to the visuals effects technology of the day. We can make visually stunning stuff that we can just take our pre-existing material and mm-hmm. force that onto that. And that'll be good. And it has worked. We've gotten good new Star Wars movies and good new Star Trek movies and, mm-hmm. well, not great new Aliens well, movies or Terminator movies, but... I think the reason that those things are more popular... I'm When we kind of talk about, like, the science fiction that's rising, I think less of, like, the ones that are popular because they used to be popular. Yeah. And it's just coming back out of, like, memory's sake. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm thinking more of stuff like Interstellar, The Martian, The Titan, and, like... A lot of stuff like space exploration. I think there's a yep. there's a disproportionate amount of those mm-hmm. kinds of movies that are exploring like the future of humankind specifically. Yeah, and that's and that can be either on a different planet or what Earth is going to be like in the upcoming half century, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah. Oh, there's my kind of thing. I haven't said that in a while. Ah, it's back. It's back. Shit. stop it i'll lean over there and slap you slap me kind of thing that was that was really weird that was kind of terrifying to watch you do you like bent over your body and just kind of like contorted your arms into a clap it's weird yeah i'm just gonna scare you out of doing it by clapping (laughs) um yeah no that's a good point i hadn't actually thought about categorizing space exploration specifically I think you could even toss like sunshine and moon into that, even though they're a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of humanity versus space yeah. versus new frontiers. Yeah, because uh... not to crib Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, there's that. There's um, AI as it, it's really seriously becoming yeah. an issue that a lot of people are thinking about seriously, and it's kind of entered the cultural mainstream yeah which is why you got stuff like ex machina now and um i think it's why we've got a blade runner sequel now Mm -hmm. um is because that's culturally relevant although still no one went and saw that movie yeah which is disappointing because it was great (laughs) good (laughs) um i so i'm wondering if like it's i mean i i i i say this i i do believe this that the the space exploration ones are popular because that's so real to us right now it's it's more of a fear mm-hmm. to us uh in, in the same kind of way that we we want uh the superheroes right now but like right now we're we're killing our earth and there's these worlds or these mm-hmm. uh uh like the titan is uh saying that by 2060 the entire pop well, human race will basically be extinct right um cloverfield paradox same premise yeah so equally bad movie i think it's i liked the titan <laughs> that's okay you're allowed I like, to like no, the titan. i like the first two acts of the titan okay we can kind of get fair. into that. we'll get into that in a bit because yeah. i have i have a point on all that okay but i think it's i think the difference between stuff like ai where it's it's a fear for some people but for other people it's not mm-hmm. uh, like it wasn't really a fear for mine until i watched x machina <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's enough to scare anyone <laughs> um i think it's more of a fear for people I keep saying the same fucking thing of 
overpopulation and extinction unless yeah. we go to a different moon yeah or a di- different planet that is a very prevalent cultural fear is like environmental destruction or just human self-destruction in general yeah. and so there's a bunch of stuff about trying to push past that uh you pointed out the titan i mentioned cloverfield paradox and mm-hmm. interstellar is is very much that yeah it's trying to find but it had like what was it like there was three planets out in the galaxy that some there they they found three planets that they could get to or so i don't i don't know i don't actually remember that movie it's been much. been a while yeah it's definitely my least favorite christopher yeah. nolan I'll, I'll say that that's that's an interesting point a lot of those earth is dying we need to escape it and move to a different planet those aren't very good i disagree i mean interstellar if you look at it with an insanely critical eye like you do which i mean i feel like that's a fair assumption you do look everyone says that i i don't think it's fair but i'm starting to wonder if it might be true uh but i mean i i enjoyed uh the titan i enjoyed uh interstellar i think when i watched it uh fuck what's the first movie i watched i don't hate interstellar oh uh the europa 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 yes report? Europa, europa report good lord it's been so yeah. long that it's one been, that one so many that days. one that one i'd categorize differently because that one is just someone is out there that people are out there doing scientific stuff it's not a human extinction thing it's sort of the same thing as the martian it's just well no it we're is putting it these is, people out in space it's it's a precautionary kind of thing it's they they are becoming extinct and they're looking at europa for a potential place to live because it's got water. Okay. I think it's... I, I know it's. I know that they weren't going to live there immediately. Like, they weren't... It wasn't yeah. like the Titan where they were sending them to start the civilization right. immediately. Right. Which was a little dumb. Someone didn't think through that movie very well. Yeah. Eh, Many people didn't think that movie through very well. Someone didn't think through the transition between Acts 2 and 3 very well. <laughs> someone thought they... <laughs> someone, no. Someone thought through it too much and didn't connect the dots for anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get exactly. into that later yeah okay uh, yeah i guess i may have may have overspoken my point there um because <laughs> yeah so, so well let's talk about europa report real quick because okay. I, I just i made you watch that one just because that's a movie that i feel like everyone should watch because no one has and it's great yeah. it's it's really good i uh it's it's good yeah it's a lot of tension uh it's it's really cool because you don't it doesn't use cameras yeah it's actually it's it's technically found footage yeah but they're like since it's on a spaceship the the premise basically is there's a team of astronauts who are sent to europa which is the moon of one of the moons of saturn jupiter jupiter titan saturn titan saturn yeah that's right that's why i was getting that mixed up (laughs) one of the moons of jupiter and it's a it's a a moon a large moon that's um basically covered in ice and probably according to scientists has a liquid ocean underneath and they theorize that there might be conditions for life mm-hmm. and so it's a mission sort of sent to check that out and see if there are actual possible conditions see if there actually is life there so what there may or may not have been who knows but so it's it's kind of part of it's about the the trouble they encounter in, in space on the way there and then part of it's about the problems once they, once they actually land there and i I watched it a few years ago and I, I love it for a lot of reasons. Um, not least of which is that the, the science is relatively grounded, mm-hmm. which if you're trying to tell a relatively grounded story, you got to keep your science relatively grounded. Cough, cough, the Titan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck. Part of it is, um, 
I think my thing with the Titan is that I suspended disbelief a lot for it. Okay. Just to enjoy like the suspense and kind of interesting interesting okay. aspects of it. Because I just I went in blindly and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do what this movie tells me and it started out very we're trying to keep this real and grounded and I was like, Okay. Well, I'm on board for that, yep. I guess. Um but yeah, Europa Report, it's it's a lot of fun. It's on Netflix. You should check it out. The score might be my single favorite film score of all time. Yes it's um I, I, I remember it yeah yeah it's it's uh bear mccreary who did um the new battlestar galactica series i guess not that new anymore but yeah he did that he's um kind of one of the best like under the radar composers in hollywood so okay. it's great check it out i just made you watch that one because i think everyone should watch it and i wanted an excuse to plug it and talk about okay. it okay you little prick yeah but also <laughs> also i think it does exemplify uh, the the point that we're we're getting more smaller scale sci-fi now like we're we're getting a lot of this effects heavy big budget blockbuster type stuff but we're also getting stuff that's a little more restrained like it's it's closer to the realism side of that that axis uh-huh. like let's say arrival like okay there's aliens there but again it's it's like real earth people in the in just our normal world mm-hmm. and it's it's sort of designed to be less of a big blockbustery type um, interaction with aliens and i think closer to a not necessarily realistic interaction with aliens but one mm-hmm. that feels more real to your movie watching brain gotcha but yeah i think i think that um it's kind of been obscured by that but i think that this this rising tide of sci-fi we've been seeing a lot more of this more restrained stuff yeah yep i <laughs> i'm starting to like get really tired so i'm starting to lose like ability uh, to respond to okay. things well let's let's go through some of the movies here so we've been talking about the titan which is a new netflix original sci-fi movie be warned we might spoil some of these we're gonna yeah. try not to but if something slips out you are warned yeah <laughs> honestly who cares with the titan i i hated it i thought it was really bad um i posted a review on our facebook page kind of explaining all that but mm-hmm. i just think there's a lot of problems with it it doesn't know where it wants to go um, I think it knew where it wanted to go, but it started in a different direction. Okay. it That's it, probably a good way of putting it. It yeah. didn't own it the right way. Yeah. It knew where it wanted to go. It didn't know how to get there. Act three, it tackled itself. Yeah. And was like, we're going to, we're going to do this. Yep. And everyone was like, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. And, and act one and two are, are pretty, they've got some interesting ideas. And act three mm-hmm. has some interesting ideas, but the interesting ideas do not mesh story-wise or theme-wise or character-wise or anything the tone and the way and the type of suspense changed about halfway through the movie yeah that's part of the problem is it doesn't it doesn't know if it wants to do family drama or like horror horror or like relatively grounded sci-fi or like way out there sci-fi and it switches between those just like scene by scene yeah it's i mean to me it's an enjoyable movie it's not to me it's not one you should think too hard about okay that's that's fair because there is there is a scene where i'm gonna avoid spoilers but there's a scene where you see police coming in or you see police going to a different building Mm -hmm. and then you hear screaming and it's the first like traumatizing scene of the movie and it's like halfway through up until then it's just kind of like whoa uh, this is kind of like everything not there's a little bit of something that's uh, like everything's not what it seems but it's not really like Mm-hmm. the main point of the movie but right. then this thing happens and you're like what the fuck yeah 
and then it it gets like kind of crazy with like government is being an asshole for a while yeah it, and then, that's another problem it doesn't know who the good guys are yeah and then in act three the main character and, and okay i mean you know this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler if you it's not it doesn't spoil it's literally in the trailer though yeah okay that's fair okay so it's in the trailer so fuck that in the in the span of two minutes he is a pale he's just a generally pale guy with thinning hair just a dude mm-hmm. with perfectly fine everything else Tells the guy, tells the government guy that he wants to go through the rest of the process, and then immediately just becomes this blue dude with no ears, webbed fingers, and doesn't talk. Yeah, it's so weird. It's incredibly jarring. It like it. It's not him. Yeah, <laughs> it's a completely different thing. Yeah, and he like straight up fucking kills people, which wasn't something that he he. There was nothing in the buildup for his character specifically that hinted towards that. Exactly. Yeah. They... It was it was Deus Ex Machina to isolate him. Yeah. From humanity. Pretty much. And it was uh, like, I was totally on board with the, uh, with the, with the movie until act three. And I was just like, this is not the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. And then he fucking, brief spoiler, 10 seconds. He fucking flies at the end. Yep. There was nothing in the movie to say that. <laughs> Why is he flying? <laughs> Cause the movie has no idea what it's doing. Oh my God. No, that I literally lost my shit about. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> the titan so and the titan by itself like i don't know maybe you like it maybe you don't i don't think there's a good argument that it's objectively a good movie i don't think there's a good argument that's an objectively bad movie either have you read my review i haven't read your review yet no because okay. i don't want anything spoiled for okay. me but like eh. i mean but okay. i don't think okay i don't think any opinion of a movie i don't think any movie is really objectively good or bad. If we're going general, people can like the movie. Yeah. That doesn't mean they get their right. Doesn't doesn't mean their judgment is objectively right. Well, it doesn't I mean, mean you're stupid for liking something it's that's objectively art. bad. Art is is subjective. Art is objective. Art is subjective. Art is objective. Absolutely. I hate serialism music. Well, okay. That's <laughs> That was a non sequitur. <laughs> anyway, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, my my point was Netflix has had a run of original sci-fi movies that have not been very good. Or at least have not been well received critically or like, I think publicly. Netflix has had the same proportion of good to bad movies as every other production I don't, company. I don't know if that's true. Because in the past like two months, you've had uh, Cloverfield Paradox, which was pretty bad. Um, you had Mute, which I really liked, but most people didn't. Critics hated it. Audiences didn't like it. Um, you had The Titan. What was the other one I was thinking of? You had Bright before that. That wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. They've just been kind of on a run of bad movies. Well, I mean, but there's so many other movies that they do. These are the ones that everyone's like, hey, it's the sci-fi movies. There's other movies they've done. Well, maybe yeah. like this. Maybe sci-fi is just not their forte. It's possible. Um, because I think there's a problem. There's a reason some sci-fi movies are good. It's because it's people's passion projects mm-hmm. and Netflix hasn't done that. They haven't had a person whose passion project is to Mute. do one of those. It was a passion project. Oh, was it? Yeah, very oh. much. So this guy, like that was the first script he ever wrote. He wrote it like 15 years ago. I before see a ever quiet place. It. Yeah, me too. Sorry. Just super. You want to go see a quiet place? Oh, we should fucking see a quiet place. Yeah. Like tonight or tomorrow. Or like next week? 
I'm, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super tired tonight, so it's not going to happen tonight. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's just go tomorrow. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just really, really unrelated. Yeah. But, so... Where were we? Uh, we were talking about Netflix and, and sci-fi. It's becoming unhinged. <laughs> I think my exhaustion always, like... I think my exhaustion unhinges the podcast mm-hmm. because, like... I affect everything negatively when I'm okay. tired. Well, I was coming to a point, and my okay. point was um, there's a couple of people out there, like serious film critics, who have argued that Netflix is becoming the new direct-to-video. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, that's got a sting for Netflix. A little bit. Um, I was So, you, what's your initial reaction? Do you believe that? No. Okay. Uh, you think they still make good stuff? I think that's unfair. I think... I mean, I still kind of stand by what I said, that it's a hit or miss. Like, they have such a wide variety of things that they do. Yeah. Like, they do documentaries, they do full shows, they do yeah. superheroes, they do sci-fi, they do... Well, they they won the Oscar for Best Documentary last year. Fucking, there you go. Like, Bound was nominated for four Oscars. I think it's unfair to say that they're going they're, they're the new direct-to-video mm-hmm. just because they are kind of direct-to-video In as it is. So I think... I think there is an argument, not in the sense that they're just taking bad stuff, but they're taking stuff that wouldn't necessarily play in a large theatrical release. Yeah, okay. I mean, they don't have the multi... Well, they do for some. They don't have, like, the multi-million dollar budget that some projects do. Yeah, not really. But so, do you know the story with, like, Annihilation, how it was released? Nope. So they released it in theaters in the U.S. and Canada and China, I think. But then everywhere else in the world, they waited until a couple weeks after the the release in those countries and then just dropped it on Netflix without giving it a theatrical release Um, because it was, according to test audiences and like producers and stuff, it was too cerebral and too intellectual um, for public audiences, which you say that doesn't sound like it's, it's trusting audiences and doesn't seem like it's fair. But then also the movie made $11 million on a $40 million budget. Oh geez, yeah. So that's not good. Yeah. So I think I think there's an argument that Netflix is sort of a direct-to-video in that it takes on the sorts of projects that wouldn't merit a theatrical wouldn't wouldn't make their money in a theatrical release. I think I think there is merit to that. I, I didn't want to use the same word. I was struggling mm-hmm. to find a different word. I think there's merit to that in that context. But I think they do have their good shows. Yeah, no, like that, I'm I'm not going to argue that that they like don't Daredevil. do good stuff. Yeah, Fucking... <laughs> Altered Carbon. If we're talking sci-fi, Altered Carbon is great. How do we not mention Altered Carbon at all? Because it's a show, and I was mostly focusing on movies. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but I mean, like even Mute, it's I, I think it's really well made. Whether or not you like it, it's it's very well made, and it's clearly someone that put a lot of effort into it. And it's risky. It takes some interesting decisions. It does some things that you couldn't really do with a theatrical release movie. Yeah. So I think I think that's another factor that's playing into this rise of sci-fi is you have more mediums where you can just tell completely different stories. I think yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that the I mean and we're getting into a different topic now. We can do. A, kind of bring this into the general Hollywood episode mm-hmm. at some point. But yeah, I think but... I think it's fair that they do do the ones that are risky because they don't need to get people to watch it to make money. They're mm-hmm. making their money consistently anyway. Yeah. By just being Netflix. Right. They don't make the movie, then release it and depend on that movie to make the money back. Yeah. So I think that is fair to do those risky projects. It wasn't Nerve a Netflix original? No. 
No. No, okay. No, it wasn't. That seemed like a risky kind of movie. Did that make money? I think so. Okay. It's pretty good. Um so yeah, and and I think I I do I am concerned that we're they are going to lose their money and ability to make good movies as DC and Disney both make their own streaming services and pull a lot of the movies from Netflix. Right. So people who like I I'm absolutely getting the DC movie or the DC one just yeah. because of Young Justice and the Titans show. Yeah. But I don't I'm probably not going to get the Disney one because I have most of the movies on DVD that I want mm-hmm. and I have Amazon Prime stuff like that. Yeah. So. So that's fair. Um I think that I think that's why Netflix is kind of doubling down on their original content now is, is to just to sort of establish that, themselves. Build the backlog, yeah. the fan base of I, I, Netflix. I think the risk is if they keep putting out movies that people don't like, then mm-hmm. they're going to just start alienating people. Yeah. That's what the Titan did. Ah! <laughs> it alienated a person. <laughs> what if that's what the movie started as? Someone was like... I want to talk about the theme of alienation and someone made a pun off that in the writer's room and they were like, that's a great idea. Oh God. What if that was the seed for that? I love when movie, I love when it, like that happens where like someone makes a joke and then it, uh, like we do regularly mm-hmm. where someone makes a joke and then we run with it and actually make a story about it. <laughs> I bet you that's what happened. Probably. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else did I make you watch? I made you watch Ex Machina. Ex Machina. We talked about that. We talked about it. Yeah, that's the that's the same writer director as uh, Annihilation. Ex Machina, I think, is much better because it's more it's more limited. I mean, it's got what three sets? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but it's um it, the guy's Alex Garland, and he did a lot of writing before that. He did uh, Twenty Eight Days Later and Sunshine, and wrote and allegedly like shadow directed Dread which was fantastic. Hmm. And again, he's like annihilation was criticized for being too cerebral and intellectual for like popular audiences. And if you've seen ex machina, you know, it's an ideas heavy movie. Yeah. And I think, so I think he does better with that limited stuff, but I think it does a really good job of playing with your emotions in a way, yes. Play, playing with what you know. Yes. Um, and I like movies that do that because it, it, it keeps my, ability to see foreshadowing on my toes mm-hmm. uh i mean i there was one thing that a character yeah. i was like oh i know exactly what that character is yeah um from the beginning but like there was a lot of like motivation ava's motivations mm-hmm. like what she was doing it like it would the the movie centered around the seven sessions of ava of like inter, inter, right. interviewing ava and it like every session changed there was something else yeah either it would like go back on something that you knew or would add something to something else that you didn't know or something like that. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to live in a world where interesting ideas driven sci-fi is going to have a place moving forward and start expanding its role Mm -hmm. in, in our movie watching culture. I like original movies. Yeah. Make more original movies. Yeah. Stop making fucking movies that we already have. I think we're going to get some worse. We're getting, I mean, that's becoming the cultural thing and our visual effects have caught up so yeah, yeah I, I think that's what's what's happening i mean how much can you do with that you can just do the same movie but going to a different moon you can just make titan but going to a different atmosphere <laughs> no, oh instead no. of methane it's got the liquid nitrogen ocean so we gotta make them available to live in the liquid nitrogen now we're oceans. going to venus so you have to be able to survive 900 degrees in acid rain <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're going to pluto Fucking good luck. <laughs> 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 Shit out of luck there, buddy. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, but I mean, I think I think there's a lot of room for new and original movies. You look at the past five years, and you've mm-hmm. got Ex Machina and Arrival, um, and Interstellar. Oh, which, we didn't talk about Arrival at all. No, not really. It was which, really good. It's great. I think it's definitely part of this trend where um, you it's can something... make. That's that's the other thing is we're getting a few of these big original concept stuff. We talked about the small scale stuff, but we didn't yeah. really touch on big like interstellar mm-hmm. massive budget original gravity. concept sci-fi gravity, gravity big budget original concept arrival. sci-fi arrival See, um, the thing i love about arrival is it's like it's a similar concept to what we've seen in that aliens show up right but it's realistic in that the government isn't immediately like bring the tanks shoot the motherfuckers down yeah <laughs> it's like let's bring these people who are experts in linguistics and see if we can translate yeah and they did that it was amazing yeah and then it got kind of weird at the end which was fine because it's, it allowed it's a good it to weird. it allowed yeah, it to it, the whole mm-hmm. movie allowed it to it didn't get like yeah. oh i now have I, my ring and middle finger are together i'm blue and i fly <laughs> shit sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh, yeah well and blade runner 2049 yep like I guess my worry is people are going to see Blade Runner and say, "Well, that lost a bunch of mo- money. Let's let's not do those anymore." But I don't think Hollywood has that tendency. They have a tendency to see movies that are losing money, Star Wars, or not losing money, but terrible Star Wars, and then continue to make them. Yeah, I, they want to. And and Arrival made money. Um, I mean, DC. <laughs> yeah. They're still trying. Still, well, as long as they're making money, they'll still try. So, yeah. I mean. Honestly, that might be what I'm most excited for. Did Justice League ever finish making money? Or did it end up even? I I, I feel like it ended even. Everyone was like looking at like, I mean, they're, they're starting to flatline with their, with their budget or with their, I think they ended up, I think they ended up like just losing money, which, oh well. But yeah, I think, I think that might be what I'm most excited about is getting big budget original concept sci-fi where we get these really talented people like, um, Denis Villeneuve, who is both the Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we get someone like that who he's making a Dune movie next. I heard about that. Which, so I, I love that we can get this talent making these things. I love yeah. that there's the the demand for that now. Yeah. And so I think we're in some, for some very exciting times with movies for the next like five, 10 years. Fuck yeah. What's next? A lot of stuff. I don't know. I don't have a list. I mean, what's the next genre? after that yeah i don't know it's gonna depend on what the cultural fears are in 30 years or whatever movies all sports movies all right he's calling it sports movies you heard it here first movies i'm gonna get a uh the what's the the titans the return of the titans what the fuck remember the titans remember the titans you you didn't remember the Titans. I didn't remember the Titans. And they're going to have a sequel. It's like, we forgot, but we're remembering them again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's next uh, week? Next week we're doing... Um, we're doing comic book comic events. Book because events. Infinity War again. Affinity War. Affinity War. <laughs> I, mean, I just Infinity. can't say Infinity. <laughs> uh, if you guys have any, th- any storylines and comics that you've read or are interested in or have heard about, uh, please leave a comment because chances are, if it's DC, I've read it. Or I'm familiar with it. And if it's Marvel, I can Wikipedia it. There you go. I mean, I'll do the same thing if I'm not familiar with right. it. If you drop some storyline on me that I haven't heard of, mm-hmm. like Red Daughter of Krypton, which I haven't read yet, but I'm getting there. It's mm-hmm. a Supergirl thing. Um, yeah, no, but if there's any storylines that you guys are interested in, we can talk about. Or uh, if I, we really don't have a structure for it yet, so if you'd like us to just recommend 
storylines to get you started on comics or if you'd like us to give you ult- not ultimatums but like the storylines you can work towards that are kind of the pinnacle of comics let us know how you want us to tell yeah. you about storylines yeah what do you want us to storylines events events uh, kind of synonymous a little bit it's also we could fudge whatever we want to do we're just we're just sitting here talking we can do what we want yep see yeah. we've been talking about netflix for 20 minutes yeah. on a thing we've been talking about a genre <laughs> we don't know what we're doing yeah no we do know what we're doing we're doing whatever the fuck we want pretty much <laughs> all right uh shall we yeah we shall thanks everyone for your listening if you're on youtube i still don't know how you're listening to us because we stopped posting there a couple episodes ago but if you're on soundcloud you can follow us there. <laughs> you gotta, yeah you gotta figure out how to, how to get that i know i'm gonna have to rewire my whole like ending sequence uh <laughs> do the itunes thing um you can find us on Facebook or we're on Twitter at Justice Losers Pod, right? Yep. Find us there. Tell us about um, what you think about the impending rise of sci-fi. Do you think a different genre is going to take its place? Or what Ooh, are you excited for? That's lovely. Are, what are you excited about or nervous about with these upcoming, with, with the rise of sci-fi movies? We also have Gmail. We also have a Gmail, apparently. Give a shit. It's justicelosers.pod at gmail.com. Yeah, email in. If you want to I didn't email. even know we had that, so. Yeah, it's there. I mean, it's <laughs> what we make all of our things based on. Okay. Like, our Twitter account is on that. All right. So, just so we okay. have thing. Well, it's 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 there. So, there. If, you, if you want to send us a, an email about. Hey, I've got three places to put comments. SoundCloud, I, or SoundCloud. I don't know. Can you comment on iTunes? I don't know. We don't get don't the comments. So. I won't fucking see them, so don't bother with iTunes. Yeah, don't bother with iTunes. So, SoundCloud, Gmail, or Twitter. Yep. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. Oh, We're yeah. On Facebook. Yeah. We're on Facebook. Four, four, four places to comment. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to tell us that secretly every documentary is a sci fi movie because we've been taken over by lizard people, go for it. Did I, I say too much? I'm scared. <laughs> SOS. <laughs> uh if you have anything you want us to talk about in future episodes please do because uh, see we actually we do did it. it we just did it you people who doubted us can go get fucked i don't know if anyone doubted us i don't think anyone i don't nope. think anyone really thinks about us not really extensively yeah there's a few people that are like oh they made another one i have to go listen to it so they don't feel bad <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i'm almost certain that that's what everything's like probably it's a saturday <laughs> man yep just hit me that like i got like five hours of nothing to do should probably do some homework okay i'm gonna edit this anyway bye 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 bye